Y'all don't need me anymore, do you? Hi, campers. Welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. And happy September, everyone. Uh, we are We've loving it. it. We're loving Finally, it. Finally, it's We're September. speaking to you from August. <laughs> um, but, you know, eventually, in a few hours, it'll be September for us as well. Yes. And with that, we would like to just usher in spooky uh, season. Just let's give it a warm welcome. Yes. Hello. A round of applause. A round. <laughs> Uh, we've been waiting for you all year, spooky season. Year. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, we um, missed you. <laughs> and we're gonna really um take advantage of you right now. <laughs> um, we hope you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, oh <no>. boy. <laughs> all right, from the top. <laughs> um, which one? <laughs> I'm so glad I stopped myself from what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, to like let you guys know with spooky season, we want to get spooky with it, obviously, um, which means for me, at least I can't speak for Madison, but for my weird history, it's probably going to get a little dark. And so <laughs> if that's not your thing, Same. mine's spooky. Mine's spooky and a little gross. Okay. <laughs> so. I love that. Would you like um, to start or do you want me to? I'll go. Why not? Go um, for Because it. I also would like to get on my soapbox real quick. Okay. We love a soapbox. <laughs> I've got a gripe, which is why English speaking people? Is it that we sometimes when a foreign name is too hard, we just say whatever it? name it's closest to in English. <sighs> yeah. And like, I get that we, you know, uh, it probably a lot of other languages do that as well. But I understand like, sure, cities, countries, fine, food. Okay. But if it's someone's name, yeah. just try a little harder to yeah, like try learn it. Just try. Just <laughs> try it all. Yeah. 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 So, and I say that because I'm going to tell the story of um, Urjabet Battery, which um, has pretty much, if you Google Urjabet Battery, it's just Elizabeth Bathory. Okay. <laughs> so, um, super annoying, um, but here, we, here we go. So... In 1602, rumors began to circulate around the village of Trincen in present-day Slovakia. Peasant girls looking for servant work in the Chete Castle were disappearing. Many looked mm -hmm. to countless Urjabet Batory when attempting to explain the disappearances. Batory, scion of a powerful Hungarian family, and the product of inbreeding between Baron George Battery and Baroness Anna Battery it's called the castle home. So yeah, classic inbreeding. You know it. You love it. That never had any problems. 
it's We're doing great. It's fine. You know, who has mm-hmm. anything bad to say about inbreeding? Yeah. <laughs> she received it as a wedding gift. So the castle that she lived in, she received it as a wedding gift from her husband, Hungarian war hero, Frank Nadasdi. Um, and I don't think that's in this article, but I read somewhere that she was engaged at 10 years old, which is well, you know, when you're inbreeding, age doesn't matter. Age is just a number at that point. Just remember. Uh, in 1578, Nadazdi became chief commander of the Hungarian army and embarked on a military campaign against the Ottoman Empire, leaving his wife in charge of his vast estates and the governing of the local populace. Since then, views that Bachery tortured her servants began to spread. These views would become much more dramatic in 1604 when Bachery's husband died. According to witnesses, it was at this time that Urgebet Bateri began murdering her victims, the first of which were poor girls lured into the castle with the promise of work. Soon enough, witnesses said that Bateri expanded her sights and started murdering daughters of the gentry sent to Chete for their education, as well as kidnapping girls who would never have come to the castle on their own. Great. So not good. Great. Like, what are we doing here? As a wealthy noblewoman, Bateri evaded the law for six years until Hungarian King Matthias II sent his highest ranking representative. Oh, I looked up how to pronounce this and I've forgotten, but I'm going to say Georgi Torzo to investigate the complaints against her. Torzo collected evidence from some 300 witnesses who leveled a bevy of truly horrifying charges against the countess. Wow. I love just like balls to the wall. Just we are putting this woman away. Yeah. you. I mean, who's going to argue with 300 witnesses? I'd like to see someone try. Yeah. (laughs) Um. According to the reports and the stories told long after, Battery and, you know, I'm just going to say a trigger warning for this whole paragraph. Um, Battery burned her victims with hot irons, beat them to death with clubs, stuck needles under their fingernails. Oh, gosh. Poured ice water over their bodies and left them to freeze to death outside. Covered them in honey so that bugs could feast on their exposed skin. Uh, Sewed their lips together and bit chunks of flesh off their breasts and faces. Okay, I am appalled. (sighs) In addition, witnesses said Bachery liked using scissors to torture her victims. Okay. She used the instrument to cut off their hands, noses, and genitals. Cutting off hands with a (sighs) pair of scissors? And like scissors from the 1600s, so you know they weren't sharp. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah. One of her favorite pastimes, witnesses said, was using scissors to slice open the skin beneath or between her victim's fingers. What? What the fuck? Yeah, that's a gross one. It's a no from me. 
Even more than those horrific acts of violence, the sometimes supernatural stories that surround the acts of, <clears throat> sorry, that surround the acts help define Urjabet Bateri's terrifying legacy today. At the time of Torzo's investigation, some accused her of cannibalism, while others claimed to have seen her have sex with the devil himself. Oh, got some so. lawyers on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the most infamous accusation, the one that inspired her infamous nickname, the Blood Countess, as well as the rumors that she was a vampire, alleged that Urjabet Battery bathed in the blood of her young victims in an attempt to maintain a youthful appearance. Gross. <sighs> After hearing the accusations, Torzo ultimately charged Battery with the deaths of 80 girls. That Jesus said, Christ. yeah, it's a lot. That said, one witness claimed to have seen a book kept by Battery herself, where she recorded the names of all of her victims, 650 in total. How this diary, does one find that many people? Yeah, I mean, Ugh. not good. That's a lot. This diary, however, appears to only be a legend. It has never been found. So mm, okay. that can't be backed up. When the trial ended, Battery's accomplices, one of whom worked as a wet nurse for the Countess' children, were convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake. Mm. So kind of classic of that time, of course. Very classic, yeah. Uh, Battery herself was bricked up in her room at Chete, where she remained under house arrest for four years until her death in 1614. Uh, but Battery's case may not have been that cut and dry. In fact, some Hungarian scholars say it may have been motivated more by others' power and greed than her supposed evil. It turns out that King Matthias II owed Battery's late husband and then her a sizable debt. Matthias was not inclined to pay that debt, which historians say may have fueled his move to incriminate the Countess and deny her the opportunity to defend herself in court. Likewise, some historians say that witnesses probably provided the incriminating yet contradictory testimony under duress and that the king called for the death penalty before Battery's family could intervene on her behalf. This, too, may have been politically motivated as the death penalty meant that the king could seize her land. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, perhaps historians say the true, the true story of Urjabet Battery looks more like this. The Countess owned strategically important land that increased her family's already vast wealth as an intelligent, powerful woman who ruled without a man at her side. And as a member of a family whose wealth intimidated the king, his court went on a mission to discredit and ruin her. The best case scenario is that Battery abused her servants, but came nowhere near the level of violence alleged at her trial. Worst case, she was a bloodsucking demon sent from hell to murder virgins. Both that make the worst for case this story, yeah. <laughs> even if only one of them is actually true. And nice. this is from all that's interesting. Mm. So oh. starting out strong with a vampire yeah. countess. Um hated that. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're gonna stay on the spooky theme, of course, and we're gonna go from, you know, a slasher movie <laughs> to um, just a good old-fashioned spooky ghost movie. Great. 
um, vibe. And we're going to talk about the Stockwell ghost. Okay. Sounds perfect. Um, This, so there is a Wikipedia article that I had saved for this, um, but it was like two sentences long. So I am instead reading from a personal blog, it would look like, called jerrywalton.com, who appears to be a historian and author. Perfect. Uh, And this is from her blog post entitled Stockwell Ghost or Poltergeist, a terrible 1772 fright on October 31st of 2014. Okay. The same year that Marie Antoinette made friends with the Princess de Lamballe is the same year when the Stockwell ghost or poltergeist appeared in Stockwell, Surrey. The story involves a pious old lady named Mrs. Golding and her 20-year-old maid. On the 12th day, which was January 6th, 1772, about 10 o'clock in the morning, a great alarm was raised because out of nowhere and without any visible cause, Mrs. Golding's crockery began to rattle, tumble, and whirl. Uh-oh. It fell down the chimney and sailed through the windows. Pots and pans also began to tumble. And then, quote, hams, cheese, and loaves <laughs> of bread disported themselves upon the floor just as if the devil were in them. If I were <laughs> Not the devil, the hams. Yeah, if I were the devil, <laughs> I would absolutely inhabit ham. I'd go for the just ham. Just to mess yeah. with people. I don't really oh like God. ham that much. Um, I mean. But I'd do it. I, I love ham and yeah, I'm all yeah. in. Um, <laughs> even the furniture began to misbehave and act strangely. Quote. Furniture uh, misbehaving. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, furniture. Um, you're better than this. They're a always clock, acting up. Yeah. <laughs> Quote. A clock tumbled down and the case broke. A lantern that hung on the staircase was thrown down and the glass broken. And an earthen pan of salted beef broke to pieces and the beef fell about. Oh, no. And, I mean, just haunted meat left and right. How what is up with the haunted meat and cheese? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seemed as if all the articles in the house were possessed by the devil or, to be more precise, the Stockwell ghost. This caused a fearful Mrs. Golding to inquire of a local carpenter a Mr. Rawledge as to the cause of such unusual commotion. Now, why would a carpenter be your first choice? Yeah. Um, I mean, unless it's direct Jesus. Tie to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Always one step ahead. Um, <laughs> he surmised, quote, the foundation was giving way and that the house was tumbling down, occasioned by the too great weight of an additional room erected above. With such news, Rowledge and several other persons began to remove Mrs. Golding's belongings from her house. While Mrs. Golding, Mrs. Golding's belongings were being moved, a distraught Mrs. Golding ran to her neighbor's house. Her name was his name. Sorry, was Mr. Gresham, and it was at this house that Mrs. Golding fainted. I love a good seventeen hundreds faint. Ugh. Yes. About the same time Mrs. Golding fainted, the commotion stopped. Oh, Miss Anne Robinson, Mrs. Golding's maid, who had hidden herself upstairs, was finally coaxed downstairs and she went to Mr. Gresham's, too. In the meantime, Mrs. Golding's niece, a Mrs. Payne, Uh was (laughs) was sent for with word that Mrs. Golding had died. When Mrs. Payne appeared at Gresham's house, she found her aunt alive, weak and frightened. At Gresham's house also was a surgeon by the name of Gardner. So when Mrs. Golding 
why is everyone starting with a G? So when <laughs> Mrs. Golding revived, she asked Gardner to bleed her naturally, oh, which no. he did. Mrs. Payne asked if the blood should be thrown out, but the surgeon said no. So great. After the blood congealed, an amazing thing happened. It, quote, sprang out of the basin upon the floor, and presently after, the basin broke to pieces. Exclamation point. Other items of Mrs. Golding's removed to Mr. Gresham's house also suddenly began to act strangely. The china flew off the sideboard and tumbled about the floor. A jar of pickles turned upside down. A jar of jam broke to pieces, and so did two mahogany waiters and a quadrille box. Sounds like this ghost just needed a sandwich. I mean, we've got a ghost. I mean, cheese, pickles, bread. It sounds like a great sandwich. Ghosts have a hard time making sandwiches, though, because they're just their hands go right through, right through everything. (laughs) It's really a a shame. With all the strange things happening, Mrs. Payne persuaded her aunt to go to her house at Rush Common near Brixton Causeway. They arrived around two o'clock in the afternoon. Mrs. Payne promised her aunt she, quote, would endeavor to make her as happy as she could, hoping by this time all was over. Later that evening, Mr. Gresham and his wife went to Mrs. Payne's for dinner, and then around eight o'clock, quote, a fresh scene began. A row of pewter dishes suddenly fell off a shelf, landed on the floor, rolled around, and then settled. Then, without warning, quote, and what is almost beyond belief, as soon as they were quiet, the dishes turned upside down. Someone gathered the dishes and set them on the dresser, but again they fell, rolled, became quiet, and turned upside down. A second row of pewter plates fell to the floor and they were gathered up only to be quickly thrown down again. Have we checked this house for a cat? Because this sounds like a cat-like activity. Yeah. This is very cat-like. <laughs> All ghosts are just secretly cats. It's just cats, yeah. <laughs> Um, But that was not all. An egg on a shelf flew off, crossed the kitchen, struck a cat on the head. Uh. You nailed it. And then broke into pieces. More things then fell to the floor. A pestle and mortar, candlesticks, glasses, china, and a glass tumbler. And then a teapot flew across the room and hit Robinson on the foot. Everyone witnessing the strange scene was scared and believed it must be some nefarious Stockwell ghost. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, Mrs. Payne and her aunt worried what would happen next. During all these strange events, Mrs. Golding noticed that Robinson seemed calm. She even told her mistress that such events, quote, were common occurrences which must happen in every family. When the strangeness continued, Mrs. Payne sent for her neighbor, Richard Fowler. He came, but he did not stay past one o'clock in the morning because he was so terrified. Eventually, Mrs. Payne was so exhausted she went to bed. All seemed quiet for a time until Mrs. Golding woke her niece about five o'clock in the morning. Mrs. Golding declared, quote, the noises and destruction were so great she couldn't she could continue in the house no longer. The two women went downstairs and found the furniture was tumbling again, and they deduced that their only security was to quit the house for fear of the same catastrophe occurring. At this point, Mrs. Golding went to Fowler's house. Later, when Robinson, who's the maid, uh, appeared, strange things began to happen there, repute, began to happen there, reputedly caused by the Stockwell ghost. Fowler mm-hmm. claimed Robinson told him, quote, not to let her mit- mistress remain there. As she said, wherever she was, the same things would follow. 
Fearful, Fowler requested Mrs. Golding quit his house, but he first begged her to consider whether or not she had been guilty of some atrocious crime for which Providence was determined to pursue her on the side of the grave, which victim blaming. Come on. Haunted. (laughs) Mrs. Golding was offended by Fowler's suggestion, as she should be. She pointed out that until the Stockwell ghost appeared, she had been held in high esteem by everyone who knew her. Which, of course, we all know means that you're a perfect person. Absolutely. (laughs) For that reason, Mrs. Golding told Fowler with certainty that she would not stay in his house or any other person's as her conscience was quite clear and she could as what and she could as well wait the will of Providence in her own house. At this point, Mrs. Golding, Robinson, and Mr. Payne went back to Mrs. Golding's house. Soon after their return, strange and curious things began to occur attributed to the Stockwell ghost. Mm. Quote, a nine-gallon cask of beer that was in the cellar turned upside down. A pail of water that stood on the floor boiled like a pot. That would be actually so scary if, like, your water <laughs> bottle just, like, started boiling. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. A box of candles fell from a shelf in the kitchen to the floor, a round mahogany table overset in the parlor. Because the strange happenings seemed to follow Robinson, Mr. Payne and Mrs. Golding came to the conclusion that there was no Stockwell ghost, but that Robinson was the culprit. To test their theory, they sent Robinson to retrieve Mrs. Payne. While Robinson was gone, all the curious and strange circumstances ceased. So when Robinson returned, Mrs. Golding dismissed her. And thereafter, the strange circumstances never occurred again. Years later, Robinson revealed the affair to a Reverend Brayfield. He repeated the story to William Hone, who then published the explanation. And as predicted, spoiler alert, there was no ghost or mischievous apparition. Instead, Robinson admitted she was anxious to have a clear house to carry on an intrigue with her lover. And so she resorted to this trick in order to affect her purpose. Hey, just like go into a barn like normal people in this time. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Just go into a barn. This this feels like a little bit too much work for you, Robinson. It seems like a lot of work, a lot of cleanup. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. According to Robinson, she placed the crockery in China on shelves in such a manner that it would easily fall. She attached horse hair or wires to articles so that she could jerk them and cause them to jump and dance. She also admitted that when no one was looking, she threw the egg at the cat and threw uh-huh. other things down, <laughs> which the persons present, when they turned around and saw them in motion or broken, attributed to unseen agency. As for the boiling water, she slipped in chemical powders. So it sounds like it was just fizzing. Okay. Uh, She furthermore reported that the frightened spectators assisted her. It seems everyone was so alarmed that no one thought to inspect anything too closely. And because they were scared, they kept an awful distance and sometimes Mm. would not look at the utensils lest they might face fresh horrors. Which is so classic. People just sounding the alarm without doing any investigation, even (laughs) to see if there's, you know, a wire tied to the thing that just fell. Yeah. Very (laughs) classic. In the end, Robinson noticed she was astonished. Everyone attributed the strange happenings to the Stockwell ghost. Thus, Robinson continued, quote, from one thing to another and being quick in her motions and shrewd, she puzzled all the simple old people and nearly frightened them to death. And that is the Stockwell ghost hoax of 1772. Wow. Incredible. Spooky. 
So spooky campers. You got a two for one. You got a ghost. You got a vampire countess. Mm-hmm. Um, what more could you ask for? Nothing. We're yeah, starting off this spooky else. season. We really are. Yeah. Thank you campers for joining us. We will see you later. I was trying yeah. to think of a good spooky pun. Spook, spook you later. Spook you later. <laughs> Bye. Um, Bye. <laughs> <laughs>